Okay, so here we go. This is this is our first podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Kira. And we are uh, physical therapists. We work uh, with Physio DC. And the reason why we wanted to get this uh, get a, po- a podcast going is because we get interns and people who want to, to do volunteer work with us who want to go to PT school. And over the last couple of years, how many times has that happened? That's happened at least a handful of times. We've had a bunch of patients that through going to PT are just like, oh, this is something I could totally do. It's better than sitting behind a desk all day. Um, so because we've had that happen in our clinic a lot, we've had a lot of people reach out. We thought, hey, let's Let's take people through, you know, what we think the process is and what are, you know, a major pain in the butt. It, you might think it is, it might not be a major pain in the butt, depending on what career you're, you know, you're looking to uh, go into. So I wanted to ask, I wanted to start by asking Kira, like, what was the first inkling? What, how did you, what was the first thing that you thought of? Were you in school? Was it some like extracurricular that you were doing? What were you doing that made you think like, oh, maybe being a physical therapist might be something that, you know, could be worth your time? Well, I was a very odd child. Um, No. (laughs) uh, So, you know, when you go to the dentist or the doctor as a little kid and they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, the answer is, oh, I want to be a fireman or, you know, whatever that may be. Well, at the dentist, he would ask me every six months, what do you want to be? And I would say, not a brain surgeon, but I would say, I want to be a neurosurgeon. (laughs) And for a very long time, for no reason, that is what I thought I wanted to be. Just because it sounded cool or something? Well, I figured neurosurgeons are probably the rock stars of all medicine. And I wanted to be a rock star. So at some point, probably my teenage years, I became very aware of bodily fluids and I wanted nothing to do with that. I was kind of the same. I was kind of the same way. It took me a little bit longer. When I was in college, I knew I didn't want to sit at a desk. Mm -hmm. And so I volunteered at hospitals because I had this idea in my mind, you know, parents set expectations like, oh, you should be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Um... As soon as I would start, as soon as I did volunteer rotations at, at a hospital with it with an MD, I was horrified. <laughs> I did not. Want, I said, I said, how could these people? And maybe it was just because they they the only opening that they had at Newton Wellesley Hospital at the time when I went there was in oncology. Oh. And maybe that's who knows. Maybe that just put things off on a, on a bad step. But I followed around an oncologist for two or three hours and. After that, she would go in her, I would go home and she would go into her office and cry. Yeah. And when it, it sucks when people die. Yeah. And I didn't I just said no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to be miserable if I do that. So I I volunteered. They have a PT clinic in that hospital, so I said, "Okay, hook me up with those people." And I thought, "Okay. Maybe I could do this." Yeah. So, so you decided you didn't like bodily fluids. Yeah, I decided I didn't like bodily fluids, <laughs> but I still wanted to be in the health field. I didn't know what, though, because I'm like, what doesn't involve bodily fluids in the yeah. health field? And at some point uh, in my teenage years, I had to have physical therapy from a dance injury. And I walked Did you in. Like it? The PT, PT? I loved it. Yeah, Yeah. that's when I walked in and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. 
because of course I was in outpatient therapy, so yeah, there was no outpatient. bodily fluids. By the, by the way, Kira and I work in outpatient PT, which which is kind of like the uh, uh, it, it's the country club setting. Yes, it is. There are PTs that work in hospitals and deal with bodily fluids, and I know some. You know, every once in a while you hear of a PT who works in a hospital, they're working on somebody, and they and their patient drops dead. Yep. yep you know what? Stuff happens. Whatever. <laughs> um, so basically, so. We were in the same boat in terms of in terms of how we thought. Um, now, in college, how did you how did you prepare? I mean, when you went into college, did you know like, okay, I'm going to be a PT. This is I'm I'm on the track. I'm just going to bang, bang, bang it out. That is exactly how it happens. My injury couldn't have happened at a better time. I was probably a junior in high school, which is when you start, you know, preparing for SATs and looking at schools and what kind of program you want to go into. And I knew right away PT is what I wanted to do. So I started looking at schools that had PT programs. Good for you. And I did not. <laughs> I didn't do that. It must have been a much harder road yeah. for you then. That's what, so, so Howard, so Kira went to Howard here. We're in Washington, D.C. Um, so Kira went to Howard University, which is a, a university around here. That breathing sound you're hearing in the background is Kira's dog. <laughs> Uh, which is it's, it's a really big dog. It's a Rottweiler. It scares me a little bit. She brought it over. <laughs> anyway, so you went you went to a, a college that had a PT program, um, and I would totally rec- I would I would say looking at that retrospectively, if you know that you want to do that when you're in high school, go you know go for it. Because there were did you did you cut a year off of your time? I cut a year off of my time, but that's a whole other story. But oh. the good thing about me. Going to Howard was was not only did they have a PT program, but they had a pre-PT program. So everything in my undergraduate career there was mapped out for me the same way it would be mapped out for somebody who wants to go to medical school and goes into a pre-med program. All right, but it was a little bit more. uh, This cure brings up a good point. A pre-medical program has a huge overlap with a a pre-physical therapy program. Yes. But it's not exactly the same. No. But you could so so Kira did the the direct route. I did the kind of around the way route. I I did the pre medical program in undergrad, with the idea that you know I could you know perhaps branch out into a couple in a couple different ways. <laughs> now, how were they the same? Like we had to take what a year of physics. Yep. A year of uh, gen- chemistry, general chemistry, biology, year of biology. Now, for because I did the pre-med thing, I had to take a year of organic. Did you take organic as well? I did not take organic, okay. but I did take human-based anatomy. Got you. We, th- that, was, that was another course, uh, two semesters, right? Yes. All these courses were two semesters. I took organic chem- chemistry. I didn't have to. Um, and in retrospect, if I knew at the, t- if I knew at the time <laughs> that, that I didn't have to take organic chemistry, uh, I wouldn't have taken it. But whatever it was, I guess it was a fun class. Um, and from talking to one of the advisors at, at the undergrad that I went to, they said if you're going to do PT, you should take two semesters of uh, of anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. For which I only took one, so then I had to take an extra semester after undergrad, which is what tons, lots of people who want to go into PT school who decide who can't really decide when they're going to do it. A lot of them end up taking a lot of the prereqs when they're done with college. If you're going to college now, just get those classes done with. And uh, it makes your life much easier. What else do you have to do? Do you have to do volunteer work? We have to do volunteer work. Um, different schools have different requirements 
Um, and I don't even remember what what wash you wanted. They wanted like four, like I don't know. 40 hours or something like that? I feel like I had to do a lot of hours. I feel like I had to do like in the hundreds. Wow. And I was luckily able to complete that one summer. Uh, so I guess I guess the advice we would give then is find out, like figure out what schools you want to go to, call them or, or go onto their websites and find out how many volunteer hours. Right. It's a little bit of a pain in the ass, by the way. Because we, the people who come in and, and volunteer with us or, or, or do the shadowing, um, a lot of them end up emailing us back and saying, hey, uh, do you know anybody who works in a hospital? Uh, because a lot of schools want you to get, vol- uh, they want you to get the, uh, I keep, what's the word for, observation hours. Right. They want you to get the observation hours, but they want you to get an observation hours done in different settings. Uh, you know, either outpatient and inpatient, which is, uh, I don't, I guess my inpatient volunteer work in the hospital, kind of maybe that because even though it was with the doctor, maybe it counted also towards the PT. I don't remember. It was so long ago. Yeah, I think that was just another area where I lucked out because I try to find loopholes in life. Yeah. And I did all of my volunteer hours at a rehab hospital. So I yeah. spent a good amount of time in inpatient pediatrics, but then I was able to spend some time in their outpatient facility as well. (laughs) Oh, well, that's something that was more bang, more bang for the buck, so to speak. Um, What else do we, what else do you need to apply to PT school? If you go in through undergrad and you you go through like the pre-program there, we, we should also add, there are some programs out there that you can go and do a combined, like you get your bachelor's and your doctorate in like six years? Yes. So, so you, lo- you lose a year, basically. Or I shouldn't say you lose a year. You gain a year. Right. Undergraduate is usually four years. Well, now the lazy kids in college, it takes them longer than four years. Yes. But, but They're <laughs> all on the five-year program. <laughs> Not in the Davis household. Uh, so, for, so bachelor's degree is four years. Uh, a PT degree now is doctoral. It's That's changed over what, the last 20 years? Yeah. It used to be a master's degree. I have a master's degree. Do you have a, I, you I have, have a master's, master's degree, degree as well. So we're not hinting at our, at our ages, but we've been, pra- <laughs> we've been practicing for a while. The, the people who are coming out from school now all have doctorates, and they're all pretty much three-year programs or close to three years. Yes. Oh, I feel bad for those people. <laughs> I, I think my, my program was two years, three months, something like that. Mine was exactly some are the even, same. Some are, I think... Uh, Ashley, one of, one of the other PTs they work with, you went to Duke, mm-hmm. and I think they, they get you out faster. It's more intensive, and you work summer. You, you, you do classes through summers and, and mm-hmm. such and such, but it's a little bit uh, faster. Uh, what else do we need for PT school? GR, do you have to take a GRE? So I only applied to two schools, mm-hmm. and it were they were the two schools that did not require the GRE because I am known for being horrible at standardized mm-hmm. testing. <laughs> It, hel- it, it, hel- it helps, by the way, if you can nail your GREs. So, I mean, otherwise, yes. what, Kira, what Kira did was very smart. Uh, I freaked out because, I, you know, some of the schools that I was applying to for PT schools had minimum score requirements. So you couldn't just kind of, you know, blow it off and then do well in the analytical or the math. And I don't, they've changed. I'm sure they've changed the GRE, too, yeah. since we took it. But take it seriously because, you know, good scores can only help you, I, I right. assume. Um, all right. So what else? That's the basic background uh, information. In terms of PT school itself, what did you, you know, I, I know I've talked with you about this before. We had kind of 
somewhat different experiences. I think, <laughs> I think our experiences were very different. Um, That's the weird thing. You'd, th- you'd, th- you'd think that you know PT school would have would have a very uh, you think they train all PTs in the same way, no matter where, no matter what school you're going to, and that's not true. Right. Um, I think my experience was mostly different from yours, just that Howard University's PT program is incredibly small. I think when I started my first semester of PT school, we had 23 students. And I think we graduated about 18 students. Oh, God, everyone's up in your business. Everybody's in your business. And it's one of those situations where you really have to work hard because you don't have a chance to to screw up one class because you don't have the option of taking that class again in another semester. Everybody moves together. Like, you're one team, and everybody has to go at the same pace. Gotcha. Um, so I went to Washington University in St. Louis, and it's a, it is a big program. I want to say, well, I mean, compared, compared to other schools and mm-hmm. other types of education, right. it's not that big. I think WashU is maybe 80. I think we had 80 students in the class. Goodness. And, you know, you lose a... How many did you guys lose? Uh, let's see. We went from 23 to 18. We, I think we probably started with 80, and we probably lost like I don't know, three or four. Okay. So there's fun. a there's a small amount of people that leave, and I would no, I would normally say, I mean, you can you can comment on this also, uh, the people that 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 get kicked out of program either if they get kicked out of the program or if they decide to leave the program, I don't think it was because they were they definitely were not dumb. Right. Like the people like the, I, I was very impressed with my my classmates in terms of like their intellect and their and their diversity of backgrounds but I think the people that don't make it through these types of programs have some type of how do I put this nicely per, like a, like personal issues maybe yeah there's definitely always personal issues that are going to come up uh let's see so I was in it for two and a half years I was kind of miserable <laughs> <laughs> I remember especially the first the first semester that I was there I remember just sitting there and just second guessing myself the whole time, thinking like, "Oh my god, like I could maybe I should have maybe I should have sucked it up and got and gone to medical school. <laughs> then I could maybe like make more money and uh, you know more esteem." And once I got once I got over that, like after like the first semester, and I I, I started to like it a bit a bit better. And I can definitely say now. You know, tw- twenty years after the fact, I'm so glad that I took this course, this this track in my life, mm-hmm. uh, rather than the other one. I think part of it's just because of, of the uh, of the stress. Right. I mean, it's it's. I think what we do is is a bit more fun, and like we said before, uh, people don't people don't die on you. Yeah, for the they, most part. they typically Although, don't die. We've had a few. <laughs> um, so Karen and I work at the same clinic. And the and apparent I don't work Wednesdays and apparently when I'm not there on Wednesdays <laughs> shit happens like we how many how many times has the ambulance been called it was last? definitely two Wednesdays in a row <laughs> and what and so people I mean generally speaking generally speaking people are cleared for PT from their doctor they get a script so they're not they're not going to send you somebody in an outpatient setting who is on death's door they have to be able to walk to the clinic right. To get there to do it, so you're you're pretty safe. Yeah. But so, and 
What happened? Um, I believe <laughs> the first Wednesday that you missed all the excitement, there was a, a woman that came in. She was post-operative. Um, I don't know, maybe her hip or her knee, something like that. And she came in with her mother. Um, and in the waiting room, all of a sudden, her mother squealed and... Her daughter was having a seizure. Oh did she have uh, a real she had a she, seizure? She does not have epilepsy, but I think it was just something related to her meds, um, just the stress of surgery and maybe being out of the house for the first time. Um, she was fine. The ambulance came. She refused the ambulatory care because she ended up being fine. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, I ha I'm trying to think of what I, I I've been practicing for about. 18 years and one time I, I had I was talking to a woman about about her lumbar disc and her disc herniation she just dropped yeah because she was she was totally weirded out by what we were by what we were talking <laughs> about um, and then one time I mean and, and appreciate this is over 18 years mm -hmm. I mean it's not it's not like this happens all the time I had a woman who I was treating for a finger fracture who uh, she just started like she she just started losing consciousness while I was working on her, mm -hmm. and it's because her. I'm trying. I want to make sure I get this right. I felt so bad for her. Her diabetes medication, the the color and the shape of the pill also looked like a sleeping pill. Oh no! That she had. So for the past two days, not only had she not been taking her diabetes medication, she'd been taking sleeping pills. Oh my goodness! So she just started. She started going into a diabetic coma. So, so PTs have, you know, we're trained to, you know, to, to catch red flags. When, when you evaluate someone, if something is really off, you know, you, you send them out. You get them out of the clinic. Right. And you either, you know, if you have to call an ambulance, you call an ambulance. Yep. It's, it's no biggie. And the lady by, incidentally, but the lady with the finger with the diabetes medication, uh, she came in a week later. And I'm like, are you, I said to her, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, everything's fine. And I start working on her finger and she starts falling asleep yeah. again. She starts, she starts nodding off, and I'm poking her. I'm like, "Lady, like, are you okay?" And she's kind of looking at me. And I'm like, "Screw this!" I, I got her out of her chair, walked her out of the clinic, walked her across the street because her primary care physician was across the street. Put her in the office, put her in the chair, went up to the front desk and said, "Where is Doctor So and So?" Got the doctor up there, and I said, "You got to deal with this because this is there's there's something not right here and let's let's this is not my expertise and uh she needs to do if she's going to do pt i don't need her dying on me that's like basically dropping your really drunk friends off at the emergency room and driving off <laughs> you know that's what we what we do is very compartmentalized and that, that was not something that i could help her with <laughs> at, the, at the at the time um so we're so Enough about that for a minute. P PT school <laughs> itself. So mm -hmm. the way that it's structured, I think your program was kind of structured in a similar way to mine. So you have academic, uh, you have academic semesters, mm -hmm. and then you also have clinical rotations. Yes. And were were your academic semesters and your clinical rotations were they kind of interwoven, or did you get mo do the academic stuff first and then? and then do the rotations after? They were interwoven. We did our clinical experiences during the summers, um, which was wonderful because you don't want somebody that's done all these academic things and you think that they should be ready to go ahead and take their boards and get their license and then they walk into their first clinical experience and have no idea how to actually hold yeah. 
a measurement tool. It's a, it's, a, it, it's definitely a little bit. It, it's a little bit shocking for physical therapy students to go from uh, academic semesters to do their first clinical rotation. I remember, you know, you learn a lot of interesting stuff. It's not like you're. It's not like you're sitting in a lecture hall the entire time. You're also doing labs, mm-hmm. so that, that's one thing we definitely should mention. You're working on your classmates. You're you're going through clinical tests and procedures. You're learning about alignment, et cetera, et cetera. Then then ultimately, there's a certain point where you are just you are thrown. I don't want to say thrown into a clinic, but I kind of felt like yeah, that a little bit. That's how I felt. You ha- you have some. You have a preceptor, someone who's responsible for you, who's watching what you're doing, and the, you know the second phase of your education is taking what you've learned and kind of applying it to the to the whole uh the whole patient scheme and we were we had four semesters that were academic and i want to say we only had one we maybe had one one month rotation thrown in there maybe one maybe two so not a whole lot but when we were done with those four semesters then we were at we had three long i think they were like two three months long each right um and then you sit for the for the uh licensing exam when you're done and then bang um but the academic portion of it uh made me laugh a little bit because (laughs) i was in a program with a lot of overachievers like people who got all a's in college Mm -hmm. um i did not get all a's in college um and it was really hilarious to see some of these people choke when it came to the the way that you're tested in pt school and if yours was different, chime in. Um, you have some written exams, like 50% of your exams are written. And I wish somebody had told me this before going to PT school because a lot of the PT students don't know this. 50% of your exams are written, like what you would, what you would do in college. Mm-hmm. 50% of your exams are practical. Yep. Meaning you learn, a, you learn a certain set of skills in a class and, and you know halfway through that semester you have to go and demonstrate either on a professor or on or on one of the people that, that is there just as a, as a dummy patient you have to demonstrate the skills and there were definitely people in our class who were super smart you would see them out in the hallways after these exams crying and it just <laughs> and it, it made me i didn't laugh out loud but i just thought like just relax i mean it's a it's a it's kind of a different way it's a different way for uh, of most people uh, to to learn. Yeah. If you're not used to it, it can be it can be a little bit shocking. But you know, what? chill yeah. chill out. I definitely laughed at those people in the hallway because <laughs> um, I also went to school with a bunch of overachievers, and they wanted to achieve so much that they liked to cheat a lot. Ooh, they that's, like, that's exciting. It was very scandalous. Wow. Actually, See, we would, <laughs> I would not have I would not have ever dreamt of trying to pull that. It's just so ridiculous and absurd and oh. the worst thing about it is probably the smartest guy in my class. <laughs> don't use don't use He names. was the cheater. He was the top <laughs> cheater, not because he didn't know things how did, but And how did how did people cheat? <sighs> You know, they took advantage of certain professors that weren't maybe the best at proctoring exams. Um, um, all right, good time. Wow, yeah. we're, we're, we're breaking up in a scandal here. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say that, I can't say that any of that stuff, uh, you know, I was too scared to. Not even, even if it was presented to me, I didn't, you know. And I did feel, did you feel overwhelmed? In PT school? Um, I actually didn't, and that was probably because of you. Um, 
because oh, I... Oh, please, <laughs> please, please elaborate on that. Well, you know, so... Oh, okay, so we should say that <laughs> Kira came... When Kira was an undergrad at Howard, I was, I was managing a clinic in D.C., and she, want, she wanted to get a job in a PT clinic just to, just to kind of, you know, prep her for PT school, and she came in, and, and we needed a tech. A tech is basically somebody who just helps set up stuff and can you know and does some of the basic admin and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So Kira came in. I said like, who is this person? <laughs> I said, you want, she said, I can I have a job? I'm like, yeah, sure. So she, how long did you end up doing that for? I probably worked there from about 2003 till <clears throat> until 2005, maybe when I graduated. Right. So that I mean that or probably, 2004, yeah. That, that probably helped you a lot. It did because the, I knew so much more than my classmates about the little yeah, things. If you if you if you go into PT school not knowing anything about the profession, it's a big it, it's a big learning curve. Mm-hmm. The, the far and above the best students in in my class at WashU were athletic trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's a significant overlap. An, an athletic training degree is a bachelor's degree. Um, yes, I believe so. And it's so. a pain in the ass. It it's is. A, it's a really it's a really good degree to have. It's hard to do. It's really, really hard to get certified. Is it certified or licensed? Yes. They have some process. Um, it, it's rigorous. And it's hard to be successful. Yes. And yeah. if you it's are successful, hard, a, then that means yeah. you that you have no personal life because the only successful athletic they trainers, they work for proteins. Yeah. They're traveling or all the time. Pro teams or uh, college, college teams, teams or that or that type of that type of gig. Yeah. Um, and the, I was very impressed with the athletic trainers in our class. We just had we just had an intern from WashU who was an athletic trainer prior to going to. I already forgot her name. Shea. She was a right. rock star. She was a she was an athletic trainer, and it was like she was almost done with her education, finishing her PT school degree. But from me observing her, I could not I would not be able to tell that she was a student. Right. I thought I mean she looked just looked like a regular practicing PT, and I told her that. I said when you go out and get a job. Don't don't get an entry level job. Right. Go right go right in there. Make sure it's on your resume that you were an athletic trainer for years, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what else? How are we on time? Let's see here. We've already been talking for twenty six minutes. Wow. Oh, crap. All right. Well, about two three more minutes and then we'll. Hopefully we're interesting. Hopefully we're not putting you guys to sleep. <laughs> um, the last thing I put here on the sheet is as a practicing PT, is it what you expected it to be? It is exactly what I expected it to be, um, which is basically helping people better their lives and sometimes calming people from jumping off a ledge yeah. with their own health care. Um, that's, re- that's an interesting thing. One, one thing I did not expect uh, you know, in clinical practice is how many psych issues we have to deal with. Oh my with. goodness, yes. So here, when you go into healthcare, you think like, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, we're we're gonna be diagnosing and dealing with movement dysfunctions and impairments, which we do. We deal with pre-op people and post-op people, which you don't. What most people don't see coming at them is just you get patients that you have to appreciate where they're coming from, like from their social backgrounds, mm-hmm. if they're. I hate to say this, if they're just crazy. Yeah. It's like once in a while, you get some, and we call them. 
<laughs> we call them vampires. Once in a, like one half of one percent of, of people that you're, that you're, I think just in any any profession, yeah, the people that you interact with are not going to be stable. And you have, to, as a clinician, you have to learn. Like I have gotten so good. I can spot a crazy person half a block away now. Oh, yeah. And just after talking to them for like one or two minutes, I immediately think, okay, this is how I'm going to deal with this person. I'm going to, I'm going to document everything yep. and, make, and just make sure there are no liability issues, going to give them the best treatment that I can. And sometimes you have to walk on eggshells. You just know that you have to give them the best treatment that you can while you're wearing your bomb suit because sometimes people blow up. <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, and that, I, that's last little yeah, last little thing like crying. Oh yeah, People, I can't some, I can't if, handle crying. If you're gonna go if you're gonna go into PT, be prepared to deal with with like once in a while you're gonna get someone who's gonna get upset, and you're gonna have to talk them down, and you just kind of, hey the dog's like right up in the microphone <laughs> now you can hear it. what are you doing <laughs> go away. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, it, okay. You're going to have somebody, you're going to deal with a patient occasionally that gets very upset. And sometimes it's in a, it's in a very open uh, atmosphere. A lot of PT clinics are these big open spaces and maybe they just have modesty curtains. Yep. And if you're going to have someone explode on you, you have to, you have to talk them down. And what I always end up saying, I try to do, have my nice kind of like chill voice and I say <laughs> let's just remember that I'm here to help you you are much better than me I don't handle crying that well everybody handles it in our office a little bit differently I tend to go away I hand them some tissues and I say, are you okay? And oftentimes they say so yes. Mean. You are so mean. And I offer them a glass of water. Anything to get well, as you know, far away as possible, but seem caring yeah, that, at the I same mean, time. That's, not, that's nice of you. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, you deal with that better probably, probably than, than, than some other healthcare professionals do. So we're about 30 minutes, so we're, we're going to sign off. We hope that you, we did not bore you half to death. Um, if you have, is there anything else you want to tell them? We're going to try to do a series of podcasts. We're going to try to do a different topic every time, talk to different people, etc. And there, and now the dog's starting to bark, so it's time for us to sign <laughs> time off. Time to go. If you have any questions about, about specific issues, our website is physiodc.com. And we have a, we have a blog on that and we will answer just about any question that comes in. So it's physiodc.com. Go to the blog, and if you go to the little jot form questions and put a question in, uh, maybe if it's a fun question, we'll actually we'll read it on the air and uh, make fun of you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, That's right. what we do. Woohoo! Bye. Right down.